Well, you have the power and the choice to be the CEO of your well-being and take charge of all areas of your life so you can live your best life. It's all up to you and you can start today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and what a cool guest we have to share with you today. Her name is Naz Beheshti, and she is the author of Pause, Breathe, Choose. Become the CEO of your well-being. This book, it's an outgrowth of more than 20 years of her experience working with Fortune 500 companies, her firsthand learning from luminaries ranging from Steve Jobs to the Dalai Lama, and consulting and coaching work, which she has done with international business leaders, entrepreneurs, startups, universities, and major global organizations. She's an executive wellness coach, speaker, Forbes contributor, and CEO and founder of Prana Naz, a corporate wellness company improving leadership effectiveness, employee engagement, well-being, company culture, and business outcomes with clients including Nike, J.P. Morgan Chase, Omega Institute, UCSF, Columbia University, and Stanford University. Naz also co-founded Rise to Shine, a nonprofit helping alleviate the suffering of young children in Haiti. Naz, we've got a lot to unpack and I'm really excited. Welcome to the Daily Helping Podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. I'm happy to be here. It's going to be great. There's so much we can talk about, but You've done some really cool things, and I didn't say this in your bio, but you were Steve Jobs' first assistant. So I want to kind of peel back the onion a bit, roll back the wheel of time, and start with what got you on the journey that you're on today. Well, I started, as you said, in Steve Jobs' office at Apple, and that was my first job out of college. And at that time, I wasn't planning to be an executive assistant, but I accidentally got that job, which really set me on the path to where I am today, which is, as you said, a you know CEO of a corporate wellness company. And the way I got here was from over a decade working in corporate wellness, starting with Steve Jobs and being really stressed and not having the tools in, in the companies that I worked with to manage my stress and build that resilience I needed to really experience high performance and to really thrive and have a sense of passion and purpose. So I decided to go back to school to become a certified holistic health coach, studied NLP, and became also a certified transformational coach. So I could start my own business to help people who were stressed like I was in corporate America and didn't have the tools to thrive in in the business setting. Along the way, I'm so interested, particularly because you've had such awesome mentors and Steve Jobs and you got to connect with the Dalai Lama. What were some of the the lessons that you learned? We'll start with Steve in particular working with him. 
Well, Steve, it's interesting because people often, you know, think that he was, you know, really a workaholic and and didn't take care of himself. But actually at the time I wasn't taking care of myself and was constantly helping him, you know, take the best care of himself. And he taught me that, you know, well-being drives success because he knew that in order to do well, you have to be well. And he really prioritized his well-being. So looking back in hindsight, he really taught me to prioritize my well-being. And that's how I came up with, you know, holistic method to thrive and help companies and their employees be well. And it's interesting, you know, certainly in a post-pandemic world, there's a big emphasis on well-being and, and not just in employees, but across the board. But it's not really something that was on the forefront of corporate speak until relatively recently, yet you've been doing this for quite a long time. So how have you seen that space evolve since you've really broken into it? I'm glad you actually brought that up because now that it is more common, people don't realize and connect the dots that when I started Prananaz over almost a decade ago, it was such a nascent industry. Corporate wellness was not mainstream. Even working at Apple, where they have now a robust wellness program, it wasn't instilled in the employees to prioritize their well-being. So it has progressed majorly. I mean, like bounds, leaps and bounds. And Right now, even pre-COVID, especially mental health and overall well-being rather than just health and wellness, but overall employee well-being was center stage. Now, because of COVID and people really experiencing isolation and bereavement, you know, anxiety, mental health is really the focus in most companies. HR is really honing in on how to support employees who are you know, not doing well in terms of, you know, mental illness and depression, anxiety, other things that have been triggered or exacerbated by the pandemic. And I know you've been doing this work, like you said, for a decade. So why now with the book? Like, What was the impetus to write this book now? Well, Steve Jobs appeared in my dream back <laughs> in 2014, I remember it very vividly. I mean, it was a couple of years after he had passed and he appeared in my dream and told me that I need to write a book about how my first job at Apple inspired and really put me on the path of where I am today. It completely impacted my career and life. And so I decided to put basically what I had been teaching and working on you know, on a daily basis with my individual clients and my corporate clients into the a book format to have it accessible to, you know, the wider audience. And so this book, Pause, Breathe, Choose, is now available everywhere. So take us through this book. When somebody picks up the book, what are the things that they're going to see immediately that makes this book maybe different from some of these other books that they might have read on similar content? Well, it's really methodical because that's kind of how I am. Everyone who knows me who read the book, they're like, this book is so you. Like it's so organized, methodical, easy, simple, yet very effective. So I talk about, I share my method, my holistic method, the MAP method, which MAP is an acronym for M stands for master mindfulness, which is really fundamental to our well-being and to the method itself. The A stands for apply better choices to manage stress and build resilience. 
and um, the seven A's that I talk about and I do workshops on. And then the P is about promoting yourself to CEO of your well-being and the three P's, which are pain, prana, and purpose. So if you implement um, the MAP method and you, you will be able to really thrive and live your best life. And the book has over 80 proven business hacks and action steps that you can take action immediately. So some people, what makes this book different is that it's not all theory and just, you know, talk or inspiring. People can take action immediately. At the end of each chapter, there's key takeaways, and then they can implement those actions. Very good. So I I want to jump back to the M and MAP master mindfulness, because mindfulness too has really become a buzzword in say the last five or 10 years. And so some people get really confused as to what mindfulness means. Does that mean sitting on a mountain, chanting Om, you know, in, a, in kind of a Buddhist state? What are, so what are we talking about when we're talking about mindfulness? So to some people, that is actually like the iconic vision, uh, visual of someone being mindful. And that is actually part of mindfulness. But it's also the way I look at it is, is having that mindfulness practice, which awakens your mind and your heart from autopilot and really enables you to experience life unfolding in the present moment. So it, it essentially unlocks your ability to tap into your intuition and creativity so that you can receive new information with a beginner's mind so you can develop new and fresh perspectives. So in short, mindfulness is presence of heart and really speaking to your truest desires. So that uh, mindfulness can be taken into all your choices in everyday life. So I call it mindfulness in action rather than just the traditional seated meditation or yoga practice, but taking that feeling of mindfulness and presence into all of your your everyday life and into all of your choices, which is why I call my book Pause, Breathe, Choose, because breathing brings you back to the present moment. And when you're mindful, you can make better choices. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Well, I love that you make the distinction between mindfulness, essentially just sitting cross-legged meditating, and one that's actually something that's implemented in real time, almost like you're consistently scanning your environment to make sure that you're aware of the choices you're making. And I think that's outstanding. I wonder, I know you said you've got some some hacks and strategies kind of interwoven throughout the book, 80 plus of them. Give us a couple out of that M, out of that mastering mindfulness piece that people can start using today, maybe as soon as they finish listening to our discussion. Sure. Well, one of them is to actually start a mindfulness practice if you don't have one. And it's as simple as just 
taking two minutes out of your day and sitting mindfully, sitting quietly and focusing on your breath. So it really is not a big commitment. It's just about creating that space to start breathing and mindfully breathing. I mean, we are always breathing, but are we mindfully breathing? And this is a tool you can take with you at any time is pause and then take mindful breaths and then make a choice after that. So the PBC method is something that you can... Simple and effective method that you can use at any time, anywhere. As well as I would say mindful self check-ins, which are periodic check-ins throughout the day where you ask yourself rapid fire questions like, what am I thinking? What am I doing? Am I thirsty? Uh, What am I feeling? Am I sitting up straight? What's my posture like? Am I clenching my jaw? You know, just anything to bring you to the present moment and just kind of scan your state of being and your subjective experience. And doing that again, equips you to make mindful choices. So everything boils down to making better choices, mindful choices. But you can't do that if you aren't mindful because we're either on autopilot or not you know, engage with what we actually want or need that's in our highest and best good. Love it. I love it. I want to move on to the A, applying better choices. I know you said you've got seven A's, so we don't necessarily have to roll through all seven, but pick a few of your favorites to share with us. Well, the first one is adopt a healthy lifestyle. So I feel like that is going to help you achieve your highest potential so that you could perform at the top of your game. That's like baseline, kind of like the M for master mindfulness is fundamental to the MAP method. Adopt a healthy lifestyle is fundamental for the seven A's. And then my second favorite is actually the number two A, which is allocate play and recovery time where most of us do not do that. They think that's just for kids or I don't have time to play. I don't have time to fully recover. I barely sleep. You know, so many of my clients sacrifice sleep all the time to perform better because they have more time supposedly if they sacrifice sleep to prepare for their day or presentation or whatever it is. But in reality, that's not sustainable and you are better off getting proper restorative sleep rather than sacrificing your sleep and it's just not good for your health. So those are really my two favorite in terms of behavior change. The other aids are more about upgrading your mindset. I like the allocate play. So I, I'm curious, do you actually schedule into your own own week time just to do whatever you want for fun? Well, I have a, my play is what I love, which, you know, I do spontaneous play. Like I was a uh, There was a snowstorm a few uh, weeks ago. My husband and I just took a few, like 10, 15 minutes to go across the street and make snow angels and a snowman, which was super fun. Often people do that with their kids. We don't have kids yet. And we just, we were kids ourselves and we didn't need kids to do that. So that was really fun. But what I love to do is, is my morning routine, which I call RPM, rise, pee, meditate, and move. And To me, that is allocating play and recovery because it's what I want to do and it makes me feel so good. And without doing my meditation and my movement, I just don't feel as centered, grounded, and clear-minded because that's, for me, the best way to start my day. So that is definitely scheduled in. 
but that's more routine. I also think play is spontaneous and just having fun in, in random times during the day or on the weekend or when, whenever you can. So I do allocate it for the weekend for sure, but sometimes I can't allocate it every single day in addition to my right. RPM. Gotcha. Well, it's, it's a, a fun image doing the snow angels and uh, defi- <laughs> definitely I'm sure keeps you young. Well, let's transition to the P in map promoting yourself to the CEO of your well-being. I know we've got three Ps. So let's roll through those because I'm really the first one in particular, I'm really interested in. The first one is pain. You're yep. interested in the pain. So yep. the pain is our greatest teacher for growth. Now, that is just a positive you know, frame of using pain to evolve rather than be a victim of it and have it define you. So we have a choice. We can either choose to continue suffering or kind of shift that pain into something more valuable and something that is more of a lesson rather than something that's going to you know, bring you down and hold you down. You want to be able to rise from your pain rather than be held down from your pain. And what about the other two Ps? Prana, which I named my company Prana Naz. Prana is very significant in my life and in everyone's life because it's essentially your breath and your vital life force in Sanskrit. That's what it means. And it really, it runs through all of us uh, determining uh, our essence and our ability to thrive in our life. Now, when it becomes blocked through like stresses, uncertainties, anxieties, fears, whatever that could block the prana, we are not able to optimally perform. So prana is significant in that it allows us, it's a very essence to allow us to thrive in our lives. So that's interesting because, you know, we're going where I know a lot of your book is rooted on, you know, empirical evidence-based research and the neuroscience we're going a little bit spiritual with this chapter. Yes, and actually the whole part three. So it's kind of like digging deeper with pain, prana, and purpose. That's just about going deeper into cultivating a sense of purpose. And you know, if you want spirituality, yes, definitely. Very cool. And you alluded to that final P, purpose, our drive for meaning. So talk to us about what purpose means in the context of your book. So I define purpose in two ways. One is on a macro level, our purpose to, you know, like our life's mission. What is our big purpose in our life? But not everybody knows that. So I didn't want to limit purpose to such a big big definition and and have people not feel included in that definition. So I actually also consider purpose on a micro level, which is what our daily intentions are. What do we intend to either achieve or overcome? What is our intention for the day? What is our intention in whatever we're doing in that moment? So there's purpose and there can be purpose on a smaller micro level instead of the larger macro level of purpose of your life's mission. Outstanding. And in any particular hacks that you could share from you know, the, the last section of your book that you think are particularly salient? Well, for the people who are you know, still trying to figure out their purpose, their big life purpose, I encourage readers to take explorative action, which means 
moving outside of their comfort zone, the place they live without fear and moving outside of that space to explore different things, whether it's, you know, traveling, reading a different book that they would not normally read, learning something new, challenging themselves just to do one or two things outside of their comfort zone per week, per day, uh, whatever feels good to you. But just doing things outside of your comfort zone could help lead you towards your purpose. Well said. Well said. The book again, Pause, Breathe, Choose, Becoming the CEO of Your Wellbeing is available everywhere. So we'll have a link as well into the show notes where people can get their hands on the book. But before we wrapped up, we talked about a little bit off air before we began, but I, I wanted to take a couple moments and and dedicate some time to bring awareness to the great work you're doing with Rise to Shine, your nonprofit. Tell everybody a little bit about that because I'd love for people to be able to get involved and help there too. Oh, thank you. So Rise to Shine is a school, a nonprofit school that we have in Haiti and Fond Parisian, where we house 70 children and feed them three meals a day. These are children who are subjected to abject poverty who we found on mountainsides, in tent cities, you know, living in small tents with, you know, 10 or 15 different people, many siblings and their mother, no father. And they were just, you know, on the verge of their last like breath. I mean, they didn't have any food, they didn't have anything. And so we brought them into our school to feed them, to nourish them, and to give them regular medical checkups. And um this is our small way of being able to make a little difference, you know, in Haiti. And we chose Haiti because, you know, they had the highest infant mortality rates in the Western hemisphere. And we still wanted it to be close enough to, to us that we could easily access it and go visit, you know, um, every so often. Outstanding. Well, thank you for all the great work you're doing with your charity. That's wonderful. And we'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. So if people want to get involved in that, they can. Thank you. Well, this time has flown by. I cannot wait to pick up your book and grab it. But we are at the end of our episode. And as you know, I wrap up every show by asking all my guests a single question. And that is, what is your biggest helping? The one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Well, you have the power and the choice to be the CEO of your well-being and take charge of all areas of your life so you can live your best life. It's all up to you and you can start today. Perfect. Naz, where can people get their hands on your book and connect with you online? You can find my book on my website, nazbeheshti.com, also amazon.com, barnesandnobles.com, and all major retailers. And I'm also on all social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse. And I think that's Twitter, did I say? Yes, all of those. All uh, of those. All yeah. of those. And we'll have a link again in our show notes to, to the book and to Naz's website so that you can learn more and engage and do all those fun things that we like to do when we're learning about people who have really great stuff. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for coming on The Daily Helping. It has been great to have a chat with you today. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. It was a pleasure. 
Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 